One of my favorite filmmakers is here, Hansal Mehta. Good to see you. And uh, it's the first question we should ask each other in times of a pandemic. I hope the family and you are safe and healthy, Hansal. Quite. I think we have been safe so far. But yes, uh, you know, you, you hear such, you know, scary stories of people around you. Members of your team, so many members of my team at different stages were infected. And uh, there have been some deaths uh, in the family. In fact, this morning, I was informed of a death in the family in Ahmedabad. So... Yes, I mean, this period while we have been safe, you know, emotionally, it's not been really exactly a very stable period. Condolences to the family. You know, Shreya Dhanvantri told me that you actually edited this through lockdown. I didn't know that she meant you in your house in Lonavla here, where you are. This lovely yeah, garden is your house in Lonavla? Yes, yes, it is. It is. It's on the outskirts. It's a small village on the outskirts of Lonavla. And yes, I am in my garden right now. I, I came back here. I was in Mumbai giving finishing touches to the show. But yes, I mean, I did not edit it from here. What? We discovered through the pandemic, you know, because we had the show was sold to Sony Live during the pandemic and uh, we had delivery deadlines. So we found a way in which uh, to work collaboratively without, you know, sort of making it unsafe for each other. So we used the cloud and uh, some new technology to interactively work on the edit. So my editor would share the edit with me on the fly. I would mark things on the fly, you know, frames and scenes and shots. So it was it was a very interactive process. And in fact, I realized that it was far more efficient than the process that we were following previously, where I would sit, you know, breathe down the editor's neck while he was editing. So here, you know, he was free to do his thing. I was free to give him very specific feedback. And uh, there was no leakage in the system. So that way, we were able to, you know, very, uh, complete. I mean, the scam uh, 1992 was a mammoth project. It was a five 150 page script you know 10 episodes each exceeding durations of 50 minutes so that was a lot of material to uh, actually assimilate edit and then to uh, you know judge well so every all the members you know the music would come to me through the cloud uh, the visual effects would arrive by the cloud i could collaborate with my team so my son who's a co-director on this was in mumbai so him and me also could talk using the cloud so yeah technology w- was uh, a huge savior uh, during this period and uh, yes of course this platform on which you and I are talking became my interface with uh, the producers I saw them only a night before I think few hours before we delivered our show uh, which was a few hours before midnight of October 9 which was when the show began to stream so yes we cut it really tight but uh, all's well that ends well yeah you know you're right I- I'm looking at how I'm functioning though I miss having people like yourself over into the studio in Parel you know having a cup of coffee with you and chatting and things like that but the job gets done Ansel. I mean if you've got this requisite software on your computer I mean and uh, you know you accept that you have to do it over zoom or over phone call and things like that the broadcasts happen I've realized you know we spent a lot of time doing other stuff which this pandemic has really shown the window to us so I'm, I'm keen to know did Samir Nair and Deepak Segal bring the book to you or did you read Socheta and Devashish's book first and you were so taken in by it that you thought it, it deserved uh, an entire series on it? Let's start how the, the whole scam 1992 came about. I read this book many years ago, I think 2005 or 2006 when I first read the book and uh, I really wanted to make uh, a film on this. You know, I thought this was a great story to tell and you know, India hasn't really had that bonafide financial corporate boardroom thriller yet. And I really wanted to be the first one to make that as a film. It did not happen. Producers did not buy into my idea. But eventually, I mean, I gave up on the idea. I made a lot of other films along the way. And then November 2017, 
Samir Nair called me to his office and said, you know, I've got the rights for this book called The Scam. He didn't tell me anything on the phone. I went there and he said, I've got rights for this book called The Scam. Before you could complete, I said, I'm on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm on because then I think it came at the correct time because, you know, we were in the middle of the beginning of the OTT revolution in our country. And, uh, you know, this story lent itself to the long form. As a feature film, I thought it, uh, you know, after making this series, on hindsight, I think uh, a feature film would have done injustice to the density of, you know, the the subject, the concepts, the characters, and even now, I mean, I, I could have made two seasons out of this show. Correct. Out of this one story. Yeah. Because it has so many layers to it. You know, Manhar Gadia's daughter, Kajal Gadia, I remember, had brought this boy to me, Pratik Gandhi, a few years ago. And she said, you know, he's a Gujarati theatre guy and he's done this play called Mohan No Masalo. I need some help from you. I need some, you know, promotion, publicity and this and that. And because of my independent <laughs> bent of mind, I said, yeah, bring the boy along. And I started chatting with him and I found him extremely interesting. And it turns out that, you know, he wanted to promote his play. No other radio station or TV channel was willing to do the interview. And I took a punt on him and I just had a fabulous hour or so in studio with him and I just completely forgot about him till I saw the promo of Scam 1992 and I said wait a minute this fellow's got a moustache on but is he the same guy and I messaged her and she says yeah so really a fine fellow but not known at all how did you manage to to pull off this casting coup it must have been difficult Uh, there must have been many choices the producer must have wanted somebody the casting company must have wanted somebody did you stand your ground on this I did not have to stand my ground that much, honestly. Before I found Pratik, there were many names naturally that were thrown around from right from the casting agency to my producers. Everyone had different names. But when at the day I found Pratik, you know, my casting agent Mukesh Shabra showed me three, four auditions. And Pratik, I remember, was the first audition. I stopped it. I said, is this the guy from Wrong Side Raju? And uh, he said, yeah. I said, yeah, I've seen Mohan no Masalo. So I said, this guy is fantastic. So I did not see the other auditions. I said, you know, this is it. And I took uh, his audition to applause. Luckily, they did not also see his audition. Neither did they see it, nor did I see it. They just, I showed them one clip from Wrong Side Raju, I think. And they said, yeah, yeah, I mean, you should go with it. You think he's the right guy. And uh, so that, I mean, you know, moment somebody trusts you that way, you know, somewhere you believe Providence is playing its part. Pratik was sort of destined to play this part and uh, to become, I mean, all of a sudden, you know, in the last week to 10 days, 10 days, last 10 days, his life has been transformed. The boy you met during Mohan, you will meet today. They're two different, they are in two two different sets of circumstances. I, I won't say that the person has changed. But yes, you know, no one in their wildest imagination thought that Pratik would be this popular. Uh, you, you know, you can call him a bona fide star now. You're right. The story itself is quite fascinating because in the 90s, and this is a print journalist friend of mine who said in the 80s and the 90s, and even before that, print journalists were supposed to be poor. You know, they were supposed to be of a socialist bent of mind. They're the ones who wore the khadi kurtas and went after the stories. Whereas now you see television journalists are wealthy guys. I mean, they, they yeah. drive flashy cars and they have farmers houses i mean nothing against them but this takes me back to that era this where you know the truth of the story the idealistic journalist is there on one side and of course greed on the other side do you think harshad mehta really felt that he didn't do any wrong because there are so many points in the course of the story and now i'm asking you as a human being not as a filmmaker you know sometimes guys who commit deeds just brainwash themselves into believing that i'm not doing anything wrong boss this is a game and i'm playing it yeah well i i think harshad also felt that he thought he was doing no wrong. He was doing, he said, I think he felt that he was doing what everybody else was doing. 
so if you see there's a very it's it's part of the you know final bits you know of the show where we show the actual arshad mehta in an interview with pradeesh nandi so he says that you know everybody was doing it the other banks were doing it and yet they came after me you know something like that he says and uh, yes i think you know in your mind you make yourself into this victim and you know i am a victim of a system which is already under is full of rot personally i don't justify that that you know so even if the system is rotten it doesn't mean that you have become rotten with the system you can exist outside it but uh, not everybody thinks that way and uh, harshad mehta did not he thought that you know if people from foreign banks were doing what uh, he did then uh, why would he be singled out but as it always happens you know systemic rot uh, people do not make change to the system they instead punish individuals and the system continues to be rotten you know so it's just the the names change the jargon changes the method is more sophisticated there is more technology in the method but ultimately the system remains equally rotten uh, you know while we go on punishing individuals and you know sort of uh, making the common man believe that everything is solved because you've arrested one person by arresting uh, nirav modi do you think this rot in banks of recklessly lending money without collateral is that going to stop no i mean you know every year after year you sto- your stories who who suffers so there's a line by sujitha dalal by shreya dhanwantri as sujitha dalal in this show where she says you know whose money is this ultimately because you know devashish tells her that you know the is returned is returned most of the money so, you know, we don't have a story we don't have a story anymore and she says but uh, whose money is this it's the money of the people of india just because a criminal covers his tracks does it make the crime any lesser you know and that for me is the underlying theme of the story that is the cautionary tale that i'm trying to tell through harshad mehta's story that you know unless we change the system we're going to see scam after scam we're going to see you know season after season of my show because <laughs> the system will not change at one level you could say that every gujarati knows the trader community <laughs> because if he's not part of the trader community himself he has friends or family who are part of the trader community but at the other end of the spectrum i mean the way you you've shown this community couldn't have been only the book you know you obviously understand this this whole milieu very very well i mean you see all these characters the traders the background the boy from ghatkopar uh, you know coming into tony south bombay did you pretty much grow up in in that kind of a milieu yes so you know i having the uh, maximum amount of discussions that i'm having on the show are on my college uh, whatsapp groups Uh, so, you know, they ask me all these questions, and you know, many of them. They saw everyone is transported to a time when all of us uh, had these common aspirations. So my, I grew up uh, with friends who were all, most of them were Gujaratis, you know, from conservative backgrounds, and uh, their families were either traders or they were part of the stock exchange. And you know, I spent a lot of my growing years visiting their offices. They would be in office. I would go to uh, to Dalal Street, meet them, have samosa. chat at dwarka and uh, yeah so it was i mean i also grew up in that kind of family not in a trading family not in a business family but observing a similar milieu and you know i have always also been very pissed off about how the community is represented in our films you know we stereotype every community whether it is muslims whether it is gujaratis i mean you know not every gujarati says hello hello kya chalyo you know they don't talk like that they they speak normally they don't come from another planet so you know i was waiting to get a story where i could represent the community in a more realistic manner beyond his scams and everything harshad is a family man harshad does not he does not drink does not smoke he has no vices he is obsessed with money his greed is greater than every other vice that he stays away from but 
otherwise at home he is a complete family man you know having his kids doing homework with him <laughs> you know sitting in the puja with his mother every time a new car comes in there's a pandit uh, doing the mantras you know even with his wife his interactions with his brother they are always together on the dining table so there are small nuances that uh, form a gujarati family you you know loud ridiculous clothes and uh, those ridiculous accents don't make you a gujarati you know i want to say that once and for all when I mean, there are filmmakers who are gujaratis who caricature our community and i find that quite uh, atrocious i want to compliment you because i have the same grouse about my community which is the the tamilians or the tambrams and no disrespect to palosan it was a great film but south indians don't do kaji aji oji you know what i mean <laughs> exactly uh, tamilians are like sita raman in your in your uh, series tamilians are like anand mahadevan who's the rbi governor you know they exactly. are they are learned educated men who are in jobs just like the trader community likes to trade yeah. we are brought up saying get a government job get a become a bureaucrat yeah, like like madhavan You know, yeah. Rajat Kapoor playing Madhavan. I mean, you yeah. know, it was very easy to make Madhavan say, "Are you home? So, your father came here. You don't need to do that. You know, it just happens to be K Madhavan. And you know, I must tell you this that after the show was out, there was a lady on Twitter who kept sending messages to all of us, saying, "You know, I am K Madhavan's daughter, and I want to contact Mr. Rajat Kapoor." So ultimately, somebody from the team gave her Rajat Kapoor's email ID. So Rajat does not have a mobile phone. I know. <laughs> yeah, you know. How so, does one ever reach him? <laughs> You yeah. you reach him only through uh, email. So somebody sent his email ID to her, and I mean they were moved by Rajat's portrayal of uh, Mr. Madhavan. They said that you know you played him with such dignity and poise that he would have been proud. So sometimes I mean you know and the the words dignity and poise. I think dignity and poise don't. change with what you are whether you are tamil or gujarati you know dignity is a human trait and let's treat characters like human beings i mean that is my big grouse you know and that started with the way we stereotype muslims you know even in big popular films you know the muslim character has surma under his eyes man tell me how many muslims you know who put surma under their eyes you know and they wear the cap every time they don't you know don't don't stereotype character i mean and every christian carries a big cross on his heart and his name is michael <laughs> it's not necessary yeah well, well said i also liked you know something we saw in omarta also which is this documentary intercut with fiction i mean i, I just absolutely love it but you know i was quite shocked and again i just found out that you never really went to the times of india building in you know the old lady of boribandar and filmed there that was actually a recreation of the office i'd be damned because my first job was there <laughs> and i was like man this is my old office and i was showing people turns out you recreated that the fantastic set design production design that set the credit goes entirely to payal goes who made that set she's at my production designer her and the rest of it were a lot of it was tarpan so both of them i think recreated that world beautifully with help from my very young uh, director of photography and uh, my co-director jay who happens to be my son you know all of whom were born much after the scam you know took place so uh, you know these are these were fresh eyes looking at the world that i lived in it it shows i mean it's a marriage of those worlds and you know i was in this time capsule going back to the time where i was growing up and these kids had never seen it so uh, you know there are times when i had to correct them i don't know this did not exist don't <laughs> yeah. you know the things that you take for granted now yeah. did not exist then i want to come to the music i mean i i like the, the way the credits roll in the beginning with a very electronic dance music kind of vibe and suddenly portions of the show you know you got into saregama's back catalog and you pulled out some classics <laughs> you know like a party in harshad's place will have a bachchan song and things like that yeah. so the sound layering is really really nice i mean uh, who's the bgm person you worked with 
with and then uh, who is actually sitting there and, and deciding which of the classics we're going to pull out i'm sure that wouldn't have been in the book you know so that w- none, none of it of course again it's referencing back to my times and uh, the 90s was particularly dark <laughs> in terms of the quality of music we had uh, in the bollywood music so it was a tribute to that really bad uh, some <laughs> some really bad music okay <laughs> let me get that straight so i enjoyed i had fun you know that i was getting to put that and uh, it was it wasn't a spoof but it was also a bit of a satire on the kind of music we had at that time we, we really the 80s and 90s were some really dark times so yeah. there's one song which says which goes humpty dumpty we willy wonky <laughs> i am coming you are going <laughs> 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 so i mean so yeah but uh, the background music was again done by this kid achint uh, thakkar i mean again Super. a great find found by again jay you know he's from jay's gang of friends so jay found him and i was completely blown away by the kind of you know way he interpreted the material you know he gave it his own interpretation his own way so there was this contemporary yet very retro sounding interpretation you know it was a very contemporary analog uh, recreation you know there was a sense of analog there was, there was disco there was those amplifier sounds a lot of that you know in a contemporary package I and mean, that that's his genius the songs were curated by my writer and editor sumit purohit so he curated the songs along with me we sat selected the songs from saregama's catalog which is running into millions but we realized that you know the 90s i mean while going through the catalog we realized in the 90s they had very little new hindi film music in their catalogs that was a time when the tips and the tips series and tips were coming in yeah had taken over and uh, saregama had the worst of uh, the lot in the catalog that's all the best music in the 70s and the 60s we want rd burman will definitely find it in saregama's catalog but you know good nadim shravan tracks good uh, tracks from uh, anu malik they're not in the saregama catalog So yeah, but it was fun. Particular favorites. There's one. There's a bhajan in one of the episodes by Hari Om Sharan. So nobody yeah, knows him. That. You know, yeah. <laughs> Hari Om Sharan. You know, so even Sumit did not know who Hari Om Sharan was. He said, "Who is that? Who is that?" I said, "Arey, bhai, he's uh, again. He's an icon of my growing yeah. up days. My we had LPs of Hari Om Sharan in my house, and every death, every funeral, his LP would play." रायपुर over there and uh, they performed live and then we drank the whole night and jammed together uh, <laughs> they they jammed and i drank and uh, over kabir श्रेया that character even though sujitha dalal i know likewise you must you know you must have told pratik to put a lot of pratik into harshad mehta just you know let them be but the fact is this is sujitha and devashish's story and i don't even know devashish sujitha i've met socially and i found him really fascinating and like how have i not met this guy so meeting with the authors and hanging with them that must be such an enriching process you know when you're creating a screenplay you know hang because these are interesting minds because they're not plain authors they're journalists come authors 
I must, I must admit uh, this that I did not spend that much time with Sucheta and Devashish. You know, my writers spent some time researching with them, pulling out, culling out a lot of research. I spent, I had a few meetings with them, and I always found Devashish very quiet. So some basic observations that were there during my interaction with them, but we sort of freely imagined their characters, mostly with their permission. And they've been very gracious about. The way we have imagined, we've sort of reimagined their uh, characters, and I mean, we did it in service of the story of their story, the story that they had that you know massive book. And in service of that story, I mean, I also wanted this show to be accessible, show to be entertaining, so that it reaches a larger yeah. audience while telling this you know almost Shakespearean level tragedy. You know, Harshad is a classic tragic hero in that sense. You know, so while telling that story, I wanted to make it accessible. So my dialogue writers. Uh, you know, Vema Vishal and Karan, along with our freely imagined uh, version of uh, Sucheta and Devashi, I think made it entertaining. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, I wonder that's what, what the, you do. I mean, when you. Yeah. yeah I said, I wonder what the bank chairmen and all are going to say. Has anybody protested? <laughs> No, 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 no. Again, the, Nobody, you know, Dilip, I mean, Dilip Padgaonkar, you know, the, well, Vivek Vaswadi's character. <laughs> well, Khalid Mohammed called me and said, you know, what have you done to Dilip? <laughs> Uh, so yes, they did. But uh, you know, it's a it, it's ultimately a work of fiction. It is you know, it is all dramatized. So uh, Harshad Mehta doesn't look like Harshad Mehta. Correct. You know, in my show, I mean, Pratik nowhere resembles Harshad Mehta. You know, for me, that physical resemblance, I think, is very very amazing. I it's love amazing the R K Lakshman touch. Oh my God, the R K <laughs> Lakshman touch. Is that in the book? Is that in the book? I want to know. Of course not. Of course no, not. The book, oh, wow. is, the book is a very the book is a very dense non-fiction piece of non-fiction. You know, it tells you the story with a lot of rigor and detail. And we had to make it into this entertaining, uh, dramatized story. So, I mean, Sumit and Saurav who wrote this, they are actually the big heroes of the show. So you they know, thought of R.K. Lakshman, your idea. Brilliant. I mean, he idea, pops up idea. at these, he pops idea. up at these, at these strategic three, points. Three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Beautiful. Uh, either, Beautiful. Like the common man, always popping up at the right time to give you <laughs> that. Uh, and I thought the casting was very interesting, you know, Abbas Ali Beg Asif, yeah. as uh, Asif Beg. No? Asif Ali Beg, yeah. He's also a Asif singer. Asif Ali Beg. Asif Ali Beg. No, and, and that is not my favorite. Artist. He's a voice artist. He's a singer. He used to be with a band called Mantra. And my favorite line is also that, why isn't the common man a woman? <laughs> <laughs> master stroke master stroke yeah, that is that is Karan Karan Vyas Karan Vyas the dialogue writer Beautiful. it's his stroke <laughs> listen Hansel I could go on and on and on with you but you're on a tight leash thank you for your time thank you for your patience I remain a fan of your movies and I can't wait to speak to you for Chalang and I and I hope that's very very soon yeah and thank you for the thank magic you, thank you for Scam 1992 what a beautiful series every second every second was gripping and so worth it thank, thank you Rishiki always fun talking to you so enriching Cheers, Ansel. Have a have a good evening. Bye bye. Cheers. Thanks, thanks, Ansel.